Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. It's always good to stand up here. Sometimes you're, you go to places that you feel a little bit like a visitor, and we just never do when we come in these doors because of this atmosphere. I'm trying to recover from worship. And I am really being serious. My task this morning is to walk you through Matthew 6.33. So guys, if we could put the first slide up. And then we've got a change in plans. I just want to leave that slide up the entire time. The other slides, uh, we'll just put those on ice for now. God has manifested himself in here this morning. And when he does that, we just need to align ourselves with what he wants to do, what he wants to accomplish. And he's speaking to us. And this nation more than ever, needs you to walk with God. We need to be in touch with him. We need to have this intimacy with him so that even if it's on the fly, in our schedule, during the day, we can be communicating with him, communing and responding to where his spirit is leading us. We need his power. This passage is in Matthew 6, 31 to 34. Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I want you to notice it doesn't say, seek the kingdom of God first, and all the other stuff that you want will be added unto you. This context here is how to beat worry, anxiety, concern over things that you can't control, or at least concern over things that you think you can't control. You know, we build these straw men in our mind I heard one time somebody defined worry as a tremendous waste of our imagination. Most of these things never happen. But who is Jesus speaking to? As I started to study this, this this really caught my attention. Jesus begins his ministry preaching the kingdom of God. Immediately after he's baptized, 
And then the spirit leads him into the wilderness and he has a face-off with Satan. Then his public ministry is launched. If God has put something on your heart to accomplish, a calling, a purpose, a direction, you must win the battle against the spirits of darkness. You must. Because their goal is to derail you. The reason we're being told to seek the kingdom of God first is because we have options. There are several other kingdoms that we can seek. Some of those kingdoms we built. And if you remember the temptation of Jesus with Satan, Satan said, if you'll worship me, look at these other kingdoms. I'll present them to you. So this idea of seeking him first is crucial. When Jesus began his ministry, the power of God began to happen. And from the very beginning, there were miraculous healings. There was deliverance. People tormented with demons were healed. His fame spread through that entire area of the world and thousands began to follow him. Thousands. Think about this now. Anytime there's a move of God, what happens? People are hopping on planes to get there. We're hungry for the power of God. We're hungry for a move of God. And when the miraculous starts to happen, it attracts a crowd. Not all of the crowd is healthy or is not something to be sought after. But in these stories, at the beginning here, before the Sermon on the Mount, we have different accounts in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it's Jesus going up in the Mount to pray. That's why he's on the Mount. He has all of these people pulling on him, specifically drawing on his anointing. He needs communion. He needs alone time with his father. In Luke, it says that when he was done praying all night long, he came down to a level place to a crowd of his disciples and the multitude of people. I want you to notice there weren't just 12 disciples. There was a crowd of people who were all in. And Jesus spends the night in prayer and after he finishes that night, he comes down, he calls that crowd of disciples together and he appoints 12. Even though he's declaring the kingdom and power is happening and lives are being changed, he's narrowing his circle. Largely, I believe, out of management, he's got thousands of people and he is functioning alone. And now he is going to call these unto himself. If you have a Bible... 
paper or electronic. I just want to take a look at Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3 is one of those accounts. In, in the book of Luke, Jesus calls his disciples to themselves, the 12, and he names them apostles. Same line, they're disciples and apostles. Mark chapter 3, start at verse 13. Jesus went up on the mountain, called to him those he himself wanted, which was this crowd of disciples. They came to him. Then he appointed 12 out of the disciples that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. So he calls them to himself that they might be with him. That's discipleship. You become a disciple when you attach yourself to Jesus. And in that day and time, a disciple is not somebody who is going to meetings just to learn some stuff. They want to be exactly like him. They want to be a replica of him. They want to think like him. They want to schedule like him. They want a prayer life like him. They want to do the miracles, the healings. They want it all. They want to be a representation of him. But where we come into this idea of being an apostle, apostle means sent, a sent one. Verse 14, he appointed 12 that they might be with him, disciples, and that he might send them out, apostles. This is what the world needs of us, and they don't know it. They need us to surrender completely to King Jesus, to absorb all that he is, to learn of him, So that when you walk into a room and there's a crisis, you are at peace. Because you've been with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And if it's a dangerous situation, you've learned it's okay because the Lion of the tribe of Judah lives in me. You've learned to be alone with him and to be full of the Spirit. That line that we kept saying in worship, to pour out his spirit, man. In 1983, I had a mentor who told me, Dave, every day of your life, ask God to fill you with his spirit. Every day of your life. Every day of your life. And he was a Baptist deacon who had met God powerfully. And I don't know if I've skipped a day. Give me more. Man, I, I, just seeing those words on the screen and hearing that music, it was just running through me. That has been something that has 
It's been a loop in my own spirit over and over. I don't know, some days, dozens and dozens of times, Lord, pour out your spirit. This Christian life is not difficult. It's impossible. It's impossible. And the moment that I think that I can do it on my own, I'm moving into being a Pharisee. We cannot do this. Romans 14. See, in Jesus' day, there, he, you start talking about the kingdom of God and they're going, where's the palace? Or where's the gates? Where's the walls? Verse 17 of Romans 14. For the kingdom of God is not food and drink. That's what this discussion has been. In Judaism, there's just a lot of dietary laws. The kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Where does that come from? You follow the lead of the Spirit and he produces it in you. You take in God's word. You spend time with God's people. You learn how to worship. You learn how to pray. All of this is the functioning of the spirit is is feeding in that working in my soul and he begins to change who I am at the core and then it comes out. But it has to start in here. You know, not to get all Greek grammar on you. The original language, it says, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And in the original language, the word the is not there in front of Holy Spirit. Now, there's kind of a, a movement today where people refer to the Holy Spirit as Holy Spirit. And if you want to do that, that's fine. But there are 33 references to the Holy Spirit in the New Testament out of 100 that the word the is not there. And some scholars believe it's not referring to the person of the Holy Spirit, it's referring to his function. It's what he does. And that function is accentuated with your agreement. Living in agreement with him, bowing to his authority, asking for more. This is how the kingdom is produced. The kingdom, Matthew 13, says, it is like a, a treasure hidden in a field. It's right in front of you, but you don't see it. It's spiritually discerned. You can't touch it, but you feel its effects. Why? Because you're, it's produced by the spirit. So the functioning of the spirit involves fruit, wisdom, revelation, power, Jesus began to function in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God came upon people and they were set free and healed and delivered. The kingdom began to grow in the hearts of people. That's where it's happening. And people come in contact with it when they're around us. Because when I walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and I come into a room, that spirit changes the atmosphere in that room. I don't walk in fear. 
I'm not set, I'm not, I'm not taking the temperature. I'm setting the temperature. Those aren't arrogant words. Those are words of faith that believe in the power of God that's in me. I just have to have faith that he can change that. That's what he's calling us to. Surrender. Asking. James 4.2. You don't have because you don't ask. Let's keep asking. More. Luke 11. Luke 11. Jesus has just finished teaching the, the disciples how to pray. He never taught them how to preach. He never taught them how to organize. They said, teach us one thing. How do we pray? Why did they say that? They watched Jesus, spends the whole night in prayer, gets up, changes a community. Luke 11, start at verse 9. I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks find. To him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Again, the word the is not in front of Holy Spirit. How much more will your Father give you the functioning of the Holy Spirit in your soul when you ask? We keep asking. We keep asking. We keep asking. We worship. This worship this morning, we set the tone for the Spirit of God to fill this room. And Jesus shows up in power. He changes things. He changes things because we asked him to do it. The weight isn't on my shoulders. The weight is on his shoulders. Look, you see what I'm doing? I didn't get me into this. You talk about getting recruited. When I was 24 years old, my life was empty and I was not seeking God and somebody sicked him after me through prayer. Because somebody didn't take no for an answer. You come at it, and 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 you don't quit. And in the process of all of that, the Spirit of God is at work in me, changing, shifting, teaching. And sometimes, yes, it's hard. Some of you are probably in the middle of really difficult life situations. When you go through a situation as a child of God, difficult, hard, the trial by fire, your king will not let that go forever. There's an end. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. You are being made into the image of your king. I was reading in 2 Timothy this week, chapter 2, chapter 1. Paul's writing to Timothy and he said, everybody in Asia has left me. You think about Asia, seven churches in 
book of Revelation, those letters, all those churches that Paul established at some point, I don't think Paul's exaggerating. They've all left. There's a cost. There's a cost to give of yourself. 2 Timothy 2.4, no one engaged in warfare is entangled with the affairs of this life that they may please him who enlisted them. Sometimes what can begin to hurt the Spirit's work in my soul is that I've just become entangled. Life has just overwhelmed me. Worry. What about this? What about that? Some of you type A's, you know, you people that live by lists. It's tough. Take that list and submit it to God at the beginning of the day. Lord, here it is. Here's my agenda. I give you permission to interrupt at any point. Because I am going to surrender to you and follow your lead. I had crafted this beautiful sermon. My opinion. And then I have a moment and God just scrambles the egg. For his glory. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And these things, what's necessary to live, will be taken care of. Who's he talking to? He's talking to his disciples. That in three years, they don't know it yet. They're getting sent out. And they now have to absorb kingdom living and kingdom thinking. And what he lays out for them in Matthew 5 through 7 is the the highlights of how to function in the kingdom of God. And he's telling them, without telling them, when I send you out on your mission, there's going to be times that you can't provide for yourself. Don't you abandon the mission. You stay focused on that. You seek first the kingdom, which automatically means the king and his authority. That's a package deal. You stay on task and seek my face. I got food and water. Remember Moses? He didn't know how he was going to feed three million people and I just rained down bread on him every morning. That's not just a story. There are times, and some of you have experienced this, where you made up your mind you were going to serve God, and all of a sudden it got tough. That's the training. That's the training. I got recruited to play college football. I thought my coach liked me until practice started. And something happened in between the recruitment visit and practice. 
But what had to happen? Training. That's why we must know God as a loving father because of some of the training that he has to put us through. We can lose sight of that. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first. Seek first in time and space and seek first in importance. Seek first in order. That word takes in all of that. And those that have the easiest time with that are those of you who have had incredible encounters with the power and presence of God. It's a motivator. And I would say to those of you who have not, ask. And keep asking. And keep asking. I want to spend time with my Savior, my Shepherd, my Master, my Rabbi, my King, my Shield and Defender. I want more of Him. To taste a little is to want more. The worship band's going to come lead us. And we're going to sing a song about first love. As, as I was just reviewing this verse, seek first the kingdom of God, that word first just leapt off the pages at me. You know, Matthew 22, Jesus spells out the great commands. Love God first. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength because this is the first commandment. Can you command somebody to love? Have you ever thought about that? God is commanding us to love. How am I going to respond to that? We love him because he first loved us. When you've had an encounter, when a revelation of the depth of his love for you, for me, it draws me to him. This football coach that I referred to, when he recruited me, it was strange, but he said, you come play football for me and I'll love you. That was not a common phrase from a football coach. And he was tough as nails. But he did love me. This emotion is weird when I talk about him. He kicked me one day in practice, so it's just odd. He bailed me out of some stuff. And he proved to me that he loved me. And your God loves you. But sometimes, and Hebrews 2 talks about this, we drift. We just drift. This morning, as you listen to the words of this song, we are not going to enter into condemnation at all. If you've drifted, face your father. Don't, the enemy wants you to turn in shame. Face your heavenly father who loves you. And talk to him. Occasionally 
in our marriage, Connie and I will ask one another, how am I doing? We know what we're talking about. We check. Sometimes those are great conversations. (laughs) Sometimes, well, you know, there's, and we talk about stuff, but we do it with no condemnation because we love one another. So we want to get to the bottom of this so the relationship gets better. Your heavenly Father has rescued you from condemnation if you are in Christ. Free. Now I face him. Lord, there's something weird happening here. Like I'm feeling distance from you. I'm here. What do you want to say? Do I need to make an adjustment? Or is this just a period where I'm waiting on you? You do that trusting him and then you start to ask for more. Lord, give me more. I want more of you. I want more of your presence, more of your power, whatever it is that you need more. You know, I started asking the Lord several years ago. I said, Lord, I'm asking you to finance my life. People go to banks and get financing. You're my father. You got it all. I'm asking you to finance my life. And I added, Lord, I got a busy schedule. I'm not asking for more work. I want cold, hard cash. That's what I'm asking for. And I think he smiled. And he came through. Be bold. What do you need? Sitting here this morning, what do you need? Sounds like a line from the movie, The Notebook. What do you want? Your Father loves you. Commune with Him. Feel His heartbeat. This morning, maybe you need to return to your first love. You've just drifted off. Come back. Come back. He's waiting. Let's continue to enjoy Him right now as we worship. I were to ask 10 of you to step out of your seat and join me here on the stage and I were to ask the 10 what did you hear this morning what was the spirit of God speaking to you I would get 10 different answers so let me tell you what God is saying let me tell you the burden of the Lord as you listen to Dave pour out his heart to you Here's what God is saying to each and every one of us. Here's the message that you heard this morning. Here's the burden of your heart as you respond to him in your own way. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And do you want to know why God would say that to us? Because we're not doing it. And again, no shame, no condemnation. Friends, we are not there. And the Spirit of the Lord is prompting us. The Spirit of God is trying to get a hold of us. And He does that by calling out to each and every one of us, every 
person here, God is calling your name. Every person listening or watching, God is calling your name. Not the person to your left or right. He's calling out to you, and he's calling out to me. Because like Dave said when he first got started, the world needs you. The world needs you. But it needs you seeking God with all of your heart. Not distracted, not caught up in everything else that's around us, not worried, not afraid, not freaked out, but in focus with him. And what blesses me more than anything else is to know that's your heart's desire. I can feel it. I can sense it this morning. Very special Sunday here. Presence of the Lord filling this place, calling out to us, reminding us that he's our first love. Can I get you to just bow your head? And if what I said makes sense, if what I said you agree with, can I get you to just pray this little prayer with me? Because when the Spirit's moving, I don't have to tell you what to do. I don't have to ask you to hit your knees. I don't have to ask you to make a commitment. God can do that all by himself. And I know, friends, I know he's speaking because something's got to give. We can't stay on this track. We can't keep the same gate. We can't keep walking in the same direction and call ourselves the church. We have to make a shift to him. And if you agree with that, then just repeat this little prayer after me. Dear God, I hear the voice of the Spirit calling, and he's calling my name. And I want to respond, Lord. I want to respond with all of my heart. And so I'm asking you, God, help me. Help me get to the place you want me to be. As I return to my first love, as I commit to you to seek you like never before, as I devote myself to you in prayer and petition and in faith, lead me. Lead me. Amen. And Father, we just take this last moment here to turn to you with all of our hearts. We repent of those times, Lord, that we follow after our own desires. We repent, O oh God, of not listening carefully to the voice of the Holy Spirit and going our own way. We repent of the times that we miss you completely because we're just caught up in our own world. And we say, Lord, we declare individually and corporately we are returning to our first love. And we thank you for the love that you have for us in depositing this word in each of our hearts. Lord, I pray blessing over the entire congregation, over the entire community, every person, Lord, every marriage, every individual, every student, every child. Thank you, Lord, for that collective blessing as we walk with you this week. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
How about we give Dave and Connie a round of applause? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.